Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Top 5 Films. I'm Jack. This is John. Hello. Um, today we're covering comedies. Um, I have to admit, I found this quite difficult because the comedy list on IMDb oh. is, I think, absolutely horrendous. Is it? Yeah. Is it really bad? So... Uh, I've struggled to... Is it one of those lists that you think should just be the comedies that you think are comedies, but are like, I don't know, it's got Saving Private Ryan in it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's got, we discussed this off mic, but number 23 is The Breakfast Club, which is definitely going to be in one of my top five, but not this one. That's, they're not Not comedy comedy moments, not laugh out loud, there are bits, but it's, it's not a mainstream comedy, it's, it's a teen melodrama I guess it makes fun of itself in parts but it's not comedy mm. it's coming of age you know. coming of age yeah. that's where we'll it's do at. a coming of age one as well so we're going to run through the top five on IMDb as usual and then our own top five with some honourable mentions and also some box office stats so the top five comedy films of all time according to IMDb at five up Okay, that's, Disney Pixar. Yeah, yeah, that was obviously a very big film. Um, very sweet. Yeah, comedy, family. Does comedy have to be family? No, of course it doesn't. No, you have like well, you have dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. I should have. We should do a dark comedy one. That's probably better. <laughs> Another episode. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, I, I mean I can see that. There's, 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 there's lots, there's lots in that, isn't there? Lots of family messages and stuff. Four, Amelie. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, Nice, sweet, different, yeah. Three, Back to the Future. Okay, so that's probably my favourite film, but then I wouldn't say it's a comedy either. I I mean, it's extremely enjoyable. Obviously, I think it's one of the most enjoyable films ever, but is it? Yeah, I mean, there are some some nice comedic moments, but there's just more to it. It it just isn't a straight comedy for me. Really good point as well, because the concept of this whole podcast is we don't think it's actually possible to name your top five films of all time. There are too many films, too many variations. But I'd be... Back to the Future would squeeze in a top 10 to 20 to me if we tried, but I couldn't get there. Great Mm. film, though. Uh, Two, Untouchable. Sorry, Untouchable? What? The film with the guy in the wheelchair? (laughs) You're kidding me? What? I mean... Uh, It's down as a biography comedy drama. I mean, a biography drama. Apparently so. Um, I, I'm the, not a big fan of that the, film. That, that, that film made me cry, but not out of laughter. Yeah. And the number one, which, again, difficult, but Deadpool. So okay. definitely a funny film. Definitely. There, there are, and there are definitely moments of, I mean, I laughed out loud in that, but almost whilst trying to turn away because it's it's it's, it's over the top graphic yeah. violence comedy it's it's an R-rated action you know superhero universe film but interesting for me right so none of those five are in my five none of those are in my five okay. and what I think is interesting is some of the more recent films make an IMD top IMDB top five yeah, like some of the older Deadpool's new. comedy films like Where's All the Black and White Stuff. Yeah. No idea. The originals. So, <clears throat> who wants to go first with their with one of their top five? Oh, um, I'll crack on. And actually, just to uh, contradict myself, this is a recent film which okay. absolutely made me laugh out loud, literally from uh, the beginning um, to the end. Um, Game Night, um, which is unusual for me because I, I would be a, I'm a comedy cynic. I mean, I'm I'm like a tough crowd. But I don't know if I was just in the, in the right mood for it. I was just thought, make me laugh. <coughs> good good hour and a half of just romping along comedy. There are some silly moments. Great script. Good actors. And just thought, yeah, amazing. So first film of the podcast. I'm pressing the jack button. I've not seen it. Okay, I'm not uh, seen it. But I don't feel too bad about not seeing this yeah, one. I don't think that's as mainstream as mainstream. I mean, if you if I don't think Game Night's going to be in anybody's top ten. Frankly, so Jason I, Bateman, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, that's got a brand new, so to, well, not brand new, 2018, 6.9 on IMDb, which I think is pretty high for a comedy. Mm. Um, 85 on Rotten. Tom. What we say in budget versus box office? Oh, um, the budget would have been quite big, I think, because of Jason Bateman, a few other characters in there, probably 50 mil. 
37. Okay. Not far off. Box, Box office. office. I reckon that's probably doubled its money and maybe a little bit more. I'm going to go for 120. 117. Okay. Good shot. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm probably going to move on from that because yeah. I've not seen it. I'm yeah, sorry. So I'm going in with um, an oldie, one of the first comedy films I ever saw, um, with Caddyshack. <laughs> Yes. Um, Bill Murray, yeah. Ah, oh, Bill Murray is so good. Um, it's quite, it's quite a cynical uh, piece of work, as I remember. It's, got, just, it's fairly dark. Yes. It's got some darkness in it. It's got some nudity, some violence. Yeah. But um, you know, it's a Harold Ramis film. Oh, is it right? Okay, that so would explain some things. Yeah. We missed the director of uh, Game Night. Who directed Game Night? Uh, Anyone of any merit? Um, I don't know. We'll have to come back to that. Come back to that. But how Ramis? Um, I don't know if it was this film or what about Bob? But Bill Murray and Howard Ramis used to be best mates. They really. And they fell out over the filming of a film. Did Howard Ramis do Ghostbusters? And I think so. Stuff yeah. Like that as well. Right, they yeah. fell out over the filming of a film and didn't speak to each other until Howard Ramis was on his deathbed. Oh really? Yeah. That's quite a um, sad story, really. It's quite it? sad, but apparently... Four, four, four comedy people. Yeah, Bill Murray sometimes was difficult to work with, I've heard. Um, but for me, it's an absolute classic. It's got amazing cast, you know, Chevy Chase, etc. Um, the story is relatively simple, quite ridiculous, yeah. but that's the, the comedic element of it, right? Yeah. Um, I think there was a sequel, I'm pretty sure a different cast. I'm thinking it, mm. it, I think it's unspoken of. You know, it's one of those sequels. Okay. People don't speak about the sequel because it's that bad. It was that bad. Um, yeah, it's what year do you reckon Caddyshack was? Oh, I would go with early 80s. I'm going to throw an 82 in there. 80. Oh, right. Wow. Wow. Shot. wow. Yeah, so you realise it was that early? Some of the cast at the, at the stage of the career. but um, <clears throat> So we're rattling through this at a quick pace, but budget... And box office for Caddyshack. Ooh. And by the way, I ask you all these questions because I've got the data in front of me, but maybe one day we'll flip this. Yeah, we'll flip that for the next one. Um, budget will be seven million. Six million. Oh, wow! <laughs> so close. Um, and box office, maybe. I don't know if, it's, if it was cult and many people want to say, I'm going to go for about 25. It's coming at 40. Wow. So okay. that must have been pretty good for the time. Yeah. Um, That's a significant return, isn't it? If you, if you sort on of... On a um, 6 million budget. Yeah. So apparently relatively low reception in the 80s, though. What I would like to know is how much actors like Bill Murray were being paid at the time for those sorts of gigs. Maybe not much, then. No. But That's an early one for him as well, isn't it? Bad reviews when it first came out. A few two-star reviews. Really? Um... Too much freedom in the the filming, they reckoned. <coughs> well, you could see that, and that's why I think it is a cult because it kind of some of it is almost unstructured. There's just like bits of like random. It doesn't flow. I know what you I mean. Kind of like that. I mean, it's just some of it is almost just sketches, isn't it? In yeah. a film, and I know there's a lot of ad lib. Like I heard a story about the the scene where Bill Murray is. Uh, swinging the golf club at the flower stems right. I think he went on for half an hour okay. ad-libbing and doing stuff right. and they, and they you just know, like cut a bit of that in yeah um, and I'd be happy to watch that actually because oh, not, I'm not going to throw in an honourable mention yet but Groundhog Day is a good one for me as well well, that's, that, well, that, well that, that brings me to my second choice which is Groundhog oh, Day oh amazing <laughs> great connection so I, I don't nice need to give that honourable mention um, um, what a film I wish I had to pick that myself actually just, um, I remember watching it and not really having high expectations because at the time I think Bill Murray was kind of like just doing some stuff, nothing really groundbreaking. And um, people were talking about this. Who's the female lead? Is it? Um, uh, it was the woman in the cosmetic adverts, wasn't it? Um, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. And um, thinking, yeah, people are really talking about this film. It's got some groundswell going on. And yeah, obviously went to see it, and I thought, oh my God, that, that is really a knockout. For, not particularly a new concept, like a, a time, there days repeating itself sort of thing. <coughs> but it was just executed really, really well. Mm. And you could, I, almost a rom-com, isn't it? Well, it's a fairly serious role for Murray. 
Yeah. Like he's playing a genuine person. With a, a, a weatherman. A, a, yeah, a weatherman reporter. Mm. Um, but, but a bit, bit downtrodden, a bit like done in with life. But that, there's a love kind of story role, in there. Isn't it? There's some morals. Yeah. You know, it's a serious role for Murray. Another Ramus film. Oh, is it? Um, I'm going to try and Google the hell out of this in a second because there is a Ramus film that they fall out over in this. Oh, right. Been okay, it. we need to find out what that is. Um, Ramus is put Harold Ramus was in Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters too, as, as um, Egon. Egon, yeah. That's it, yeah. So he was like the science geeky guy, wasn't he? There you go. So following the filming, Ramus and Murray's long time collaboration and friendship ended. Oh, this is after Groundhog Day? Yeah, without okay. any public explanation. Um, so. I've got so many stats in my head and facts that I don't know if I'm getting some confused but I believe Rick Moranis was considered for Groundhog Day really okay. <coughs> I mean I quite like Rick Moranis but he, he's, he's of a type of actor where you go <laughs> this is no pun intended is he big enough <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's true. I'll have to. I'll have to stat check. Because actually, one of, what was the one about? Um, what's the one about the? Um, oh, the plant in the shop, little shop. Little of shop of horrors. Yeah, well, that's a great film. Great. I've seen that on the stage. Yeah, really great. good. Um, I, I do love Groundhog Day. Though, like that. The good show. The the old guy pulls the heartstrings. He just keeps trying to save the old guy. Yeah. The beggar, he like yeah. he he feeds him, he gives him loads of money, he ignores yeah. him. It's great. Um, it's good, isn't it? I, I, like, and I like I like the concept of like having your day again, and it's there's some remorse in that, and there's some sort of like I can do some right, and yeah. I can use it in the right way. And there's been lots of films that I've done that, but that's just really nice. I do feel a bit lost though, and missing why. In the yes, he's a miserable sort of bloke, and yeah. he's fairly selfish, but. He's consigned to eternity, repeating one day until he does the right thing. I don't know. I think. Yeah, maybe. I get it. It's it's uh, it's it's nice, but also there's darkness, right? Because there's I think there's a montage where he keeps killing himself. <laughs> like, he chucks himself off a building, Brilliant. drives off a cliff with a groundhog. But that's like the kind of like, oh wow, this has gone somewhere different. Yeah. I love that stuff. Um, but small cast, um, great concept though. So what year? This oh. was a lot later than I thought it was. Oh really? Um, <clears throat> I've got a terrible cough. I'm going to throw 95 in there. 93? Wow. Okay. Mm. It's only because you said a lot later. I was going to yeah. go early 90s. Um, no idea about box office. I mean, Bill Murray. I'll throw in about. Probably by then we're talking maybe. You said small cast, not big. I'm going to go with about 30 million. Box office or budget? No, budget. 15 million budget. Oh, Christ. Well, I've done, done me nuts on that then. <laughs> Uh, box office I go with about 150 70 oh really so, not so I've doubled up everything basically mm. so that's how bad I am not that probably. for extra points though what song was playing on the radio every morning oh. when his alarm went off oh my god that's a really good question and um, I remember this vividly because I remember the actual I need a clue. part of the song I need a clue because it's obviously not Huey Lewis and the news no. um. <laughs> Sorry, do you actually know it or do you need to typey typey? No, I'm trying to give you a clue that won't give away oh, the song. Um, I can't. It's oh. a, I can't Who's really it by? Before that, I'll give it away. Oh, really? Um, okay. Is it is it a time travelling theme song? No. Oh, right, okay. I don't know why they've picked that song. Oh, right. It's um, I Got You, Babe. Oh, by UB40? No, by a share. <laughs> Originally, UB40. <laughs> red, red wine. <laughs> Way too early. Yeah. Um, but it starts with put your little hand in my each nice. time each okay. time each time wow 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 good show it I is a good that. film though. I do like it I'm Great. annoyed that I didn't think of that myself but good show um, what you got on your number two so JC? not necessarily number two not number two but, but your second so choice. I had a classic I've gone for something much more modern here myself so I've gone with Shaun of the Dead okay um, for lots of different reasons yeah. I just think it's something fresh it's not um, necessarily been seen much before massive fan of Simon Pegg um, there's I don't know it, it feels like if I made a film and just got all my friends together that's the sort of film I want it to be I do absolutely love that film <coughs> I mean, it's almost a who's who of Brit actors yeah. there's lots of nods to other great horror films 
it's just lots of in jokes the opening I think it's one of the opening sequence where he just goes to the supermarket and he's in a world of his own and there's you know, the zombie invasion yeah, as well under the corner shop yeah. just amazing um, the Winchester there's the all Winchester. these oh, there's just there's so many little easter eggs oh, in honestly, that I mean it's some are very very obvious there's the great scene like you said who's who of British comedy great scene where they're in the thick of it walking like behind houses and stuff and they cross another group of their friends yep. who has the same makeup as them so you know a woman yeah, fat bloke blah, 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 yeah. and it's just classic parallel English comedians sort of stuff going on um, yeah including I think you know Reese from uh, oh um in Hugh, no, not in Hugh. League of Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, yes, we Shearsmith. Yeah, yes. we Shearsmith. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, it's a great scene. I'd, I don't know how they come up, and it, it it shouldn't work, but it works. But beating the crap out of zombies to "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen on the jukebox. <laughs> like if you were to pick great a song scene. to do that scene to, I don't know if I'd ever pick well, that. Just, but it works so well. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want to pick something. Uh, it's, it's a comedy, right? So it's meant to be ironic, but. Oh, so good. Part of the Cornetto trilogy yeah. um, with Hot Fuzz and World's End. Um, and I, I just love the that kind of riffing sort of humour between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And one of my favourite bits in it, which is it's only a couple of seconds, is I think he's he's taken the father's jag to escape, drives it like an absolute maniac, pulls up to the curb everybody jerks forwards in the seatbelt he just turns around and goes we're here yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know it's just delivered in such the, a nice way the dad I think that's a stepdad Bill Nye. Bill Nye. so yes. good so good great film like I, it's one of those films that I, I'm a big fan of actually that does what it says on the tin it might not win lots of awards it could win comedy awards I guess I'll check that but it does it's a cult classic straight away for, for me, it almost feels because it's it's all those in jokes it's referencing lots of other stuff it almost feels like a Brit version of a Tarantino doing that dusk till dawn completely off the wall in a comedic way it's it, it maybe, won, maybe my comparison isn't on point there so but. it won best screenplay at British Independent Film Awards wow. um, so but well, that's all it won really isn't it it's, it's so good so well. um, but also relatively low budget so, year first, what year do you think? Um, older than I thought it was. It makes me feel old. Well, I t- <clears> so obviously the spaced stuff was all around in the 90s. So I'll go for early 2000s, maybe 2008. 2004. Oh, okay. <clears throat> 2004, God. So that's 15 years ago. It's uh, November, no, October 2019. <laughs> yeah, October. Budget box office. Budget. <clears throat> Well, I mean, a, lot, a hell of a lot of makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Rights well, to I've... songs, um, that sort of stuff. Maybe I'll go with about 30 million. Six. Six million for that? Yeah, I mean, Geniuses. It, it must have been their first film, I reckon. You know, so tight budget, British independent mm. film. Mm. Um, oh, just makes me feel so much better about it as well. That's good, isn't it? Box office. <sighs> box office is going to be relevant um, well re- sorry relative to bigger British film I have no idea whether that was bigger North America Europe Asia wherever going to throw about 40 mil in there 30 mil I okay. guess mm-hmm. I would say these box office stats I'm getting are off the internet and I think most of them are sort of total you know drawing a line because opening weekends in different countries yep. and then stuff like that so I would just note that it's, it's only a bit of fun so yeah Shaun the Dead love amazing. it amazing great what, show what else is on your list um, classic classic comedy um, film that I remember uh, watching as a, uh, a sort of a mid-teenager that sort of a slightly older generation watched and passed it on um, loads of music loads of cameos Suspense is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mainly set in Chicago. Okay. Um, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. So I nearly put that on my list, mm. but I didn't. Okay. Um, I just think that's. I mean, so good. There are. It's not one of those just laugh out loud all the way along, but the script writing, cult, you can reference it in your daily life. The music is amazing. It's a who's who of blues and jazz great cameos all the way along I mean Aretha Franklin 
car chases is what I remember. Well, yeah. <laughs> I so, so, so I think one of the stats was that when they filmed that car chase, it was in the Guinness Book of Records for having the biggest car chase or car pile up in any film at that time. Oh, that's pretty good. So it was that um, John Landis. John film. Landis, yeah. We, I yeah. think he was actually in it as well as like one of the governors or a prison warden or something yeah. like that. Um, interesting facts on this. So probably connected to what you just said, but Belushi's passing in drug use caused so many lengthening and costly delays. <laughs> coupled with the cost of the car chase scenes, made it one of the most expensive comedies ever made. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. at the time, I presume, but yeah. John um, Belushi was basically just shoveling half of Bolivia. Yeah. Um, God rest his soul. Indeed. It's obviously got Carrie Fisher in it as well. Carrie Fisher, yes. I'm um, pretty sure, I'm, I want to say James Brown's in there somewhere. Oh, James Brown's definitely in there. Um, is he the, is he a vicar or something? Is yes, actually, yeah, yeah, James Brown is definitely in there. Or the priest. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head now. It, yeah, googling anything. It's hard. While you're googling, right? <clears throat> I grew up really confused about the Rouge Cab Brothers. Calloway, Mini Cab the Moocher. Oh yeah, Mini the Moocher. <laughs> I grew up really confused about the Rouge Brothers because I thought it was a semi-documentary type thing. I knew it wasn't real, but I thought they were a real right. group, already established thing yeah. before the film. But um, I think well, actually be, afterwards they became a thing, a thing. like a music yeah. thing. And I, and I remember buying pretty much all of the Blues Brothers albums back catalogue. And basically, I think they did maybe one or two out two albums. But then they had a best of, they had a live of, they had this, that, and the other. And yeah, probably about five or six albums. And just thinking they were absolutely cracking songs as well. Ray Charles. Aretha Franklin, yeah, amazing, amazing think, film. Um, uh, who's, who's the? Um, oh God, is it John Candy? Is in it as the the detective trying to track them down with the good old boys and finds them at the last scene when they do their um, I don't know, I don't think so. Their, their big music event. I'm sure, sure, John Candy's in it because because one of my favorite lines in it is when they go to the bar and he goes orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, whip. <laughs> orange orange whip. whips. For no particular reason. John Lee Hooker. Oh, I don't know. Who is it? Frank Oz is in it. That's who I'm thinking of. Frank, Frank Oz. Oz. He's like the, the, uh, the Muppets guy. John Candy as Button Mercer, Jake's parole officer, assisting the police okay. in the hunt for the Blues Brothers. Good shot. Um, one of the scenes that stands like this for me, I mean, there are so many, right? Um, <clears throat> him leaving prison right at the beginning is iconic yeah, yeah. but one of my favourite bits in it is when they play the, the cowboy tavern yes. and they try and play blues yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just playing rawhide yeah. back to back to back to <laughs> well, back stand by your man they just stand by your man that's yeah. it that's all, all they play all the, all the truckers in tears at the end yeah. <laughs> they start bottles everyone's them. chucking bottles at them well that's a classic when they go and see oh. the um the landlady, I mean, so what, what kind of music do you play? Well, we play both kinds, country and western. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's such Greatly a delivered live, very witty, yeah. So, what year? Oh, um, I think that was 78. Oh. Same year as Groundhog, 80. Oh, right, okay. Wow. No, it's Caddyshack, sorry, 1980. Oh, my 80s. See, I always thought it was a bit earlier than yeah, that, I because of the well. cast. And, and... Uh, maybe it's on a different camera, but the film looks older. It does look and the cars yeah. as well, like yeah. the seventies style police yeah, cars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe that's what's throwing me. Um, and maybe that's why they did they use all those cars because they were cheaper. He picks them up know. in a police car, doesn't he? That's what out of prison. Yeah, and he goes straight to the nuns. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so right, good. Another another film that has a I think a bit of an unspoken sequel. Blues oh, there's definitely was a sequel, and um, I think it was James Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Ah, okay. Mm. Not the same. I've never seen it. So, neither have I. Uh, budget box office? Oh, we've seen the budget. Well, mm. I'm going I'm to throw I mean, in... It was 1980, though, so it's expensive for 1980. I'm going to throw in £35 Thirty? Whoa! Good shot. Okay. A uh, lot, of, lot of big city scenes as well, yeah. so I presume that cost a lot. It's set in Illinois, I think, most of it. Is it? I don't know, I guess so, because it was all about Chicago. Um, so I'm not too much, I'm not too sure how much they would have had to pay 
the cameos and what have you as well, but 35 for 1980 is probably fairly hefty. Anyway, box office takings is what you're going to ask me next, yeah. and I'm going to go for 100 and, 130. 115. Oh, okay. So a good shot. Mm. Um, tenth highest earner. In 1980? No, of all time, I think. Oh, okay. I think. <coughs> it can't be right, but fact check again. I'm not doing very good on the... On the facts and the That's data right. in this one, there's a bit of a Dan Aykroyd theme running through a couple of our movies. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is. I, I'm, I'm so glad we haven't had much overlap though, because I needed the Groundhog Day and Blues. Oh, right, this okay. could have been a very short podcast. What's yours? Um, so I've got three left and an honourable mention. I'm going to go in quick with my honourable mention, and that is mainly because I think the actor is iconic in comedy and brought a new kind of approach to comedy. Uh, but Liar Liar Jim Carrey alright oh, yeah okay um, favourite film of mine is growing up as a kid I just yeah. I, I think Jim Carrey could just make noises and make people laugh one of those it was one of those films that had the outtakes at the end just about to say that <laughs> that was really good wasn't it yeah. you know, literally having the whole cast in absolute yeah. stitches and the cameras shaking because <laughs> yeah. the cameramen are laughing so hard um, so I'll skip past my honourable mention the, there. That, that had, um, sorry, I had, it needed to have an honourable mention for the female lead in there, which was um, one of my sort of uh, fantasy leading ladies. More attorney? <laughs> no. No? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Tilly? No. It was the... Um, who else is it? More returnage, uh, Jennifer Tilly, Amanda no. Donahue. Amanda Donahue. Oh, okay. She's one of those Brit actresses that back in the day was doing sort of raunchy films. Memories. It was quite fit. I don't even know who she was in that film, I can't even think. I think she was Jim Carrey's boss. Oh, uh, okay. But she tries to a, seduce him. Yeah, and he was like... Married to the work, ignoring his son, or that yeah. kind of stuff. So lawyer, right? So yeah. lies for a living. Anyway, right, so I'll go, in, I'll go in at my third. Um, so can we do a quick box office takings and stuff like that? Like that. Like, because I'm interested. So the year is, I'll guess about, I reckon that's probably about 2008. Eight, 97. Bang, somebody shoot me <laughs> 10 years out. <laughs> 11 years out, what a... So you think Lila was released after Shaun of the Dead? <laughs> Um, my, my brain's gone. Budget? 50. 45, good shot. Okay. Box office? Just going to travel and go 150. 300. Oh my God, that Massive was a big smash. Fail. Jim Carrey uh, was big. in his element, right? Yeah, okay. Anyway. So that was after Ace Ventura and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've got another modern one. Go on. The Hangover. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. this just, be, I don't know, everything about I absolutely love. Um, the whole concept of it, you know, it's just, it's almost like a teenager's film, right? Yeah. But I think it translates really well. Um, yeah, because what is it, what rating is that? That's 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 got to be at least a 15. Just because of the, some of the antics and the content and what they get up to. I'll check. But I know what you're saying about a teen. Yeah. A teenager film made for like, just for blokes. <laughs> 15. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, just for blokes, exactly. So, obviously, Stag Do, Vegas. Stag Do, Vegas. Get yeah. Hit Nold. Uh, Mike Tyson with the tiger. Mike Tyson, what yeah. What the hell is that about? You know, the, whole, the whole story is waking up and trying to find out what the hell happened kind of thing. Um, and yeah. finding Doug, yeah. the friend, who yeah. I think is in every film, and every film he's oh, really? left behind. Which, <laughs> hopefully, the, hopefully the actor for that has made some good money out of basically not doing anything. Brilliant. Um, Love that shit. Is that Galifianakis? Okay. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. It's amazing, like, you know, I don't know if that was one of Bradley Cooper's sort of earlier mainstream films, but it certainly served as a launch pad for him as well. I'm pretty sure he went, you know, he's gone on to do amazing stuff. Yeah. But, oh, I mean, there's too much stuff to talk about. There's all the, the scenes in, in Caesar's Palace, in. Yeah with Cho with Heather Graham's character definitely um, really good did, she, did, did they end up mar marrying or something I think they got married in the in, yeah. in the film yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and film, she yeah, had yeah. a baby she already <laughs> she already had a baby oh really Zach Galifianakis stole 
Brilliant. Um, or they woke up with it. God, I should do some more research. I, I need to do some more viewing. Um, yeah. That's a great show. I mean, there are there is a fantastic podcast called Hey Do You Remember? which they talk about the film for a little bit and then they watch the film and review it again. Nice. So, oh, nods too. Nods too, but obviously... Fair play to you. Fact checks need to be done a bit better in this one, but... Um, <clears throat> how, hold my hands up. Mike Tyson is in it, though, but... Also, one of my favourite parts is at the end of the film where they find the camera... Okay. And they go through okay. the photos what, once what and happens. then delete it. And as the credits roll, you see all the pictures from the night nice. and the crazy the stuff nice they one, get yeah. up to. I like that. Nice touch. Have you been to Vegas? No, I know you have. How have is it? A couple it? of times. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to go with you. Um, well, what's that supposed to be? Just, let's, let's digress. No, just... It's, Vegas is no good for anybody. Right. Right. What? Because things like The Hangover happened. I just want to know why you would want to go because with me. Because I think I'd wake up with a tiger, someone's baby. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Married what, to someone. I don't know what makes you think like that. I mean, definitely would. I, I all I know is I've I've been your uh, guardian and looked after you when we've gone away on holidays. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got you into a lot of trouble, right? But I've got you out you of it. More importantly, the only good thing is that red wine isn't a particularly popular drink in Vegas, so I think you'd be all right. Oh right, okay. That's so let's let's wrap up the hangover and get onto one of yours. So yeah, before we get what year budget and box office? Year two thousand and how old is that? That's got to be at least ten years old. I'm going about two thousand and eight. So you were exactly correct. We're ten years old. It's two thousand and nine. <laughs> <laughs> Check my dates. You're zero for about ten at the moment. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, budget? Well, oh, the budget's going to be pretty high for that. I'm going to go. 80. 35. What? That's mm, amazing. Cheap. Box, box office. Is absolute belter at yeah. the box office. Oh, I'm going to go for 350. Very good shot. 460. Oh, right. okay, Very good shot. 110. <laughs> um, again, a bit of a Ron Seal film for me, like yeah. Shaun of the Dead. You know, it's, it's probably not going to win lots of awards and stuff but you know it'll be successful at the box office you know people will like it they will laugh most importantly being comedy right yeah. um, and it does exactly what it says on the tin yeah. so we're into final know, is this your third or is well your I could do my fourth? quick I'll be my third but I'll do a quick honourable mention oh, yeah. um, black and white film watched it by my parents when I was a kid some like it hot classic Marilyn nice. Monroe um two huge uh, male lead actors at the time as well absolutely smashing it you could just feel the on-screen uh, relationship really really working well there's probably lots of backstories and stuff like that there's probably lots of um, rumours about what happened on set and things like that but just remember watching it and just going oh it's mum and my dad oh can you, can you watch this film with us at Christmas thinking oh this is going to be really really naff and just go yeah what that's that's two hours of just pure unadulterated fairly straightforward bit of slapstick comedy just well executed I don't think I've watched that for the best part of 20 years yeah, okay. so I need to watch that again yeah um, well 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 worth a shout no idea about the stats and the figures and stuff like that the fact that I had Marilyn Monroe uh, Jack Lemmon in it Tony Curtis Tony Curtis as well probably fairly tasty what um, year do you reckon oh 60 something or 59 50, yeah, close okay. budget box office <sighs> budget 10 million 3 yeah okay yeah box office out of my league uh, 75 40 okay a good return on three million, isn't it? I'm a much bigger fan of you doing this because it's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> right. Trying to guess the numbers because I next podcast I'll guess. I'm definitely I, I, doing it. I, do. I think I can ridicule you for being completely stupid. Yeah, I think I'm getting no idea. Um, so that was my honourable mention. Um, third film I'm going to throw in here. Bit of a curveball actually, purely because um, <clears throat> he was a he was an icon of mine uh, for a while turning out odd comedy films and I also had a bit of a crush on the female lead The Man With Two Brains oh wow so Steve Martin was doing some unusual comedy stuff I think he was probably best known as a big US stand-up comedian that went into Hollywood not too sure whether that's true The Jerk The Jerk again other stuff going on there I haven't seen this and not particularly mainstream either but just 
really I just thought he just did some really good stuff I haven't seen this potentially longer um, Kathleen Turner lead female lead who yeah. I had a crush on since Romancing the Stone anyway and I'm not too sure whether that was after or before this um, probably after I think but yeah really just um, and I, I just thought they were sort of like it, it had that sort of screwball comedy feel about it it's a bit bit nuts there's sort of like some sexual innuendo going on and like yeah the man with two brains what a great concept what happened to Steve Martin I don't know what, where is he still around where did he go what was he doing um, he just did loads of films and then disappeared didn't he well he, he did uh, something called was it Parenthood he did Father of the Bride and oh. yeah I don't know I don't know what happened to Steve Martin um, but I just remember watching this at the time thinking oh my god I really love this film it's making me laugh a lot and Kathleen Turner being quite sexy in it as well so good um, I've not got a budget for this I've no idea I've only got box office <laughs> and again I reckon that's probably minor I reckon it could, <laughs> this would be an early 80s film box office success you're probably talking 50 to 60 million 10 million oh really okay so early 80s is correct though right what year 82 oh you're gonna get one you're gonna get one okay um i haven't got much to say about this because i haven't seen it in such a long time that i only really remember the whole mad scientist yeah brain jar thing that's basically it fine it's it's just yeah i just remember if it it's one of those films that if it was on tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon, I'd probably sit down and watch it, or mm. I'd probably stop everything that I was doing and go, God, this this is a great little film. And I might be completely wrong. I, that other podcast you mentioned is interesting because I wonder whether films can not stand the test of time in as much as being future-proof, but as whether they live up to your expectations as you remember them. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be interesting to go and watch a film to like that. To re-watch as well. Good point. Um, so I've got two left. Have you got one left? I've got one left okay, I've got two, so I'll do one quickly. Um, another modern one, actually, or modern-ish, Anchorman. <laughs> right, okay. Um, yeah. Again, like, some comedy films for me are quite repetitive. Yeah. The concepts of them have been done before, and underlying this probably has that yeah. but the whole con- the whole character of Ron Berg- Burgundy for me is just insane right like I yeah. just f- and, and another outtakes thing the outtakes in Lots this of outtakes, unbelievable obviously it was just kind of riffing off the cuff kind of nut stuff I think Lots which, of which was kind of what made Anchorman Anchorman he was living and breathing that yeah character wasn't he there's so many memes that have come out there's so many phrases I mean I love that that escalated quickly yeah. phrase where they go out and end up getting in a massive fight with their competition <laughs> and you know Steve Carell's character has a trident yeah. and a grenade and <laughs> god knows whatever else and that escalated quickly just yeah. so many one liners from that that are worth repeating the sex panther aftershave um, <laughs> like 60% of the time it works 100% of the time and, I love that and there's there's some some outtakes I think where he's at his desk uh on the news desk warming up in inverted commas where he's saying phrases you know like the cat bought a hat and trying to say weird things like that 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 the cast and crew can't cope with either because it's so funny he's got a podcast oh is he yeah a Ron Burgundy podcast oh an actual Ron Burgundy podcast Um, I've only listened to a couple of episodes amazing Uh, so funny though I think their the sequel was quite Good. Yeah, apparently that's quite recent as well, isn't it? I think I've only seen it once very quickly. Yeah. Um, but the dog in it as well. And then yeah. come around, the there's dog lots of killed. there's lots of quite mental, almost random stuff going on in that film. It's so good. So fact check quickly. Year budget box office. Um, year will be two thousand and. Seven. 2004 oh. older than I thought it was again yeah. 15 years old now um, budget I'm going to go with 15 mil 26 oh, okay. box office not as successful as I thought it was right. actually I still think quite successful though 
opened at number two behind Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I do, that's, that's pretty big though, because I remember the Spider-Man being very big. I'm going to go for 180. 90. Oh, only 90? Just 90. So yeah. I've doubled it again. Yeah. For the, for the next one, clot. just halve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we've got two left. Mine is British classic film spin-off from a comedy series from the BBC, um, sort of 70s, going into 80s, I reckon. Uh, cultish, Life of Brian. Oh. Now, I, I, I always kind of think, I, I, I meet people about Monty Python, and it's one of those, you either love it or you hate it, a bit of a Marmite sort of thing, but I just, there are so many great references, and actually I could have said any one of those sort of three main films. So, my last film is a Monty Python Is it? Okay, <laughs> right, okay. That's and I saved that to talk to Oh my last. God, that's amazing. Not, not that we, like I said, the concept of this is, is hard to pick a, a top, let alone a top five, but I saved it till last because I have so much, oh, okay. so much affection for Monty Python. Okay, Life of really Brian is so good. He's well, not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. I just think there's a guy called Brian mistaken for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amazing concept, and then you could just go off, and you know this is it was a really controversial film, I think, and um, you know that you're you're doing a comedy about religion anyway. <laughs> That's a big no-no in people's eyes, but the content of it was quite scathing as well. Um, yeah, but I think they must have written that as a comedy. They weren't <laughs> trying to be funny, right? Um, they weren't trying to do Passion of the Christ, were they, or something? Well, it know, wasn't a serious one. It's just mocking the church a yeah. bit, just having a bit of a laugh. It's but, picking a massive topic but and it making was, it funny you know, out of it. It was a big deal, wasn't it? Um, and I think lots of cinemas refused to show it they, they, they you know I'll say they, they, they didn't ban it but they just said we're, we're not showing this stuff I mean it's crazy it's insulting it's upsetting for the blasphemy um, all those kinds of things going on so but, um, Graham Chapman is Brian right I'm pretty sure he's Jewish though oh really in the film no okay. I'm pretty sure there's something going on there to be extra irony okay um Again, though, so many one-liners. You can't watch Life of Brian and not just love, again, sketch, sketch, sketch. Yeah, I mean, I think it is... There is a story going on, but it's lots of set pieces just to deliver those lines. And, you know, it's one of those which I probably need to go back and watch again, but watched it to death as a child when I was at school in the mid-'80s. And I think it's... You, you just end up quoting it and it, I remember going to the pub a couple of weekends ago with a mate and we just started talking about this kind of stuff and all of a sudden you're just stupidly quoting lines out of this and lots of other Monty Python stupidity stuff and you know, clearly annoying the people sat on the table next to you yeah which is what happens but the songs though as well right yeah. so always look on the bright side of life yeah fantastic <laughs> We could, I mean, I don't want to keep just thinking of another episodes here, but um, we could easily do a top five Monty Python and include, you know, yeah. sketches. But let's not let's not deviate. So, but, yeah, go on. And I was going to say we could do the, the facts and the figures around this. Yeah. So I know this is about 1980. I know it was early eight, uh, all late 70, right? 79. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not, you're not having that either. For, for the look on your face, who's like almost like wincing, going, oh, so I, would, I wouldn't have guessed eight years for that. I would have said seven years. I would have thought it was earlier than that. Because I think that's the last of the is films. That, is yeah, is that the last of the films? Um, I'm not too sure about how much it costs to make. Probably going about six or seven million quid. The meaning of life was 83. Oh, so that's after then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say there? Six or seven million to make. Four. Okay. Box office, I'm probably going about 35. 20. Okay. Very British though, right? Very, so very British, yeah. The Americans wouldn't have got that. No. Um, mostly, pop, mostly positive reviews. The foulest spoken biblical epic ever made. 
Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I just, it, I'm such a massive fan of Monty Python that I think okay. it's, it's so okay. universal. Um, you can't do it. You can watch Monty Python and not find it funny. Um, and obviously they're at the top of their game at the time that they had the freedom to do what they felt was right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, today's podcast has been a fairly quick one. Um, but and we'll pay more attention in the future ones, right? But so my last one is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Brilliant. Um, again, so many one-liners, so many amazing sketches. <sighs> like the things that stand out for me: bring out your dead. No, I'm not dead yet. I'm okay. I'm He's getting like, better, actually. I feel that? quite good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is brilliant. Did, did Monty, Monty Python did the sketch about, oh, you grew, grew up in a shoebox, did you? Oh, you had a yeah, I'm yeah. not sure, actually, but that's well, a great one. Yeah. It's a Monty Python sketch, yeah. Um, um, is, um, it, is this the one that's got the knights that say knee? Yeah, the knights that say knee. There's also a great scene where King Arthur is, is riding through, Graham Chapman again, lead he's riding through like a village or whatever it's a field and all the the local residents say are you, are you a king or a lord or whatever and he goes why and he says, well you're the only one here not covered in shit <laughs> and, and all they're doing is in the field and they're just picking up mud off the ground and stacking it so and good. collecting like, the mud completely so funny mental. terry jones i think says that but there's the nice to say knee there's yeah. the um, come on come on it's only a, it's the only black a flesh knight, wound yeah. <laughs> black knight it's only a flesh wound I've had your arm off no you haven't um, there's oh, you know there's the the French castle is one of my favourite oh, ones God. where so, you know so we've come for the holy grail I've told them we've already got one um, oh, so many one liners so many funny ones in terms of year earlier um yeah, so, so I can't go mid so 75. Yeah. Oh, hello. Just, Final film, just, you got just, something I right. I just literally threw the dart at the bullseye there randomly. Um, so, cost to make, I'm going to go for 2 million. 400,000. Oh, wow. God. If I can make a film <laughs> for, for less than half a million quid. My God. And then, um, well, box office takings. Um, Eight million. Five million, not okay. a bad shout. It's only because I knew Life of Brian. That's a big steer there. Comedies are hard though, aren't they? Because Well, I was just thinking, well, whilst we were talking here, I was thinking, well, where's Dumb and Dumber? Because for me that was a that was a great thing. You know, Jim Carrey and Jim uh, Carrey again, yeah. Um what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? He's brilliant actually. Uh, Jeff um I think it's Jeffrey um and um there's just so many Good. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. There's just so many good comedies to talk about, uh, especially when you spin off into things like Life of Brian and Shaun of the Dead. What those guys have done. So good. Like, there's sub genres, obviously, of of comedies. Like, we could have said things like the the ones that cross a bit. So I know Shaun of the Dead is an obvious comedy, but <clears throat> American Psycho. American Psycho you could say it's a dark comedy well, there's in Bruges yeah 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 there's, oh, there was another one I was supposed to have an honourable mention because only because I love Peter Sellers and that's the Pink Panther yeah Pink Panther <laughs> Train Spotting Train Spotting oh um, what was the other one what was the one with Eddie Murphy and uh, Dan, to America? Dan Aykroyd oh um, um, come on it's got oh we're not doing very good as a film podcast. No, really not bad because we don't know our stuff at all. Trading Places? Yeah, that was yeah. it. Amazing. That film. That or what's the... Um, Brewster's Millions? Brewster's Millions. Where's Blazing Saddles in this? <sighs> Where, would you, know, would you put that in your top five, though? Blazing Saddles? Yeah. Not of all time films, no. No, comedies. <sighs> it's pretty you decent. No, well, obviously I didn't. But it's... It, it, so that's the misnomer. We're calling it a top five, but we're not really doing a top five. Well, we're talking about fifteen films briefly, yeah. potentially. But we did get we we. This is the first one I think we've had where we've had no crossover though. Yeah, but we've had very similar films. Yeah, Monty Python at the end. But I did I did contemplate Groundhog Day and Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, 
I think there could even be some value in trying to do a top five comedians in films because it's the comedian that makes the film isn't it yeah like can you imagine having Groundhog Day without Bill Murray yeah that's a Bill Murray play isn't it definitely could you have um, you know Shaun of the Dead without Peg and Frost no could you have Monty Python and yeah, I think that wouldn't be Monty Python, Python guys being together for so long, doing so much stuff, they were quite prolific because they were doing lots of radio plays as mm. well, um, lots of theatre work. So many sketches. All those films, fairly by the mainstream on BBC as well, I suppose, but amazing longevity. Leslie Nielsen, where's that? Right, so Top Naked Secret. Gun. Naked Gun I'm not even sure he's in Top Secret because that's the one with Val Kilmer yeah amazing I love that Airplane Airplane come on where was that I mean Naked Gun is so good as well well, OJ Simpson (laughs) Naked Gun we're going to have to Presley Presley yeah god have we missed that out we've we literally got to um, almost Re, re, rewrite this podcast and do oh, no, a, a comedy podcast too <laughs> I mean part of the, the satisfaction this podcast is for me is that you know films are subjective aren't they and you listen to some things and you know how, how can you not like this film how have you not seen this film how do, yeah. you, how do you think it's good you know how do you think an actor's good or bad and, and we've missed out some really obvious stuff here so Where's the Sacha Baron Cohen stuff like the Borat? I did think about Borat. Where's Where's the um, We've not mentioned any Woody Allen stuff here. Yeah, I did think about Borat, but some of the Borat comedy I don't like. In terms, it's a bit like Ricky Gervais, right? It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's effective in doing that. But yeah. you know, I laugh out loud still all the same. Um, uh, and when we look at that IMDb list of comedies, yeah. We haven't mentioned any of them, and actually, no. I'm going to quickly skirt round beyond five just to bring some extra content in because I wouldn't put the Wayne's World, Wayne's World, amazing film. Yeah, I wouldn't Austin Powers. You know, Austin Powers, so funny, yeah, really good. But I wouldn't put much else of the IMDb top ones in either. I've actually missed out one of my favourite um, films of all time, Toy Story. No, uh, it's a film, I think it's an Australian film, it's, it's called Best in Show, it's about, uh, it's almost like Crufts, okay. oh, it, it's fantastic, mm. really scathing. Not seen it, press the jacket button again. So right. on IMDb, six is Toy Story, seven, okay. seven is Snatch. So, what, so, sorry, Snatch is in there? Yeah. Wow. Eight is Toy Story 3, nine is Wolf of Wall Street, ten is Inside Out. What, which is another Disney so obviously what we've not done here is any Disney films no. which you could say in comedy but maybe we'll do a Disney podcast as well you've got Finding Nemo The Truman Show Monsters Inc Zootropolis some of this feels like they're children's funny films that are lost in a category yeah. of comedy yeah um, Wild Tales well, that's, is that Six short stories that explore the extremities of human behaviour involving people in distress. Oh, well, that Seems like really, a really funny. <laughs> yeah. Groundhog Day is number 16. Congratulations. Mm. Aladdin. Sing Street. Yeah, that's quite good, actually. Duck Soup, Mark's Brothers. Oh, that's, yeah. Lauren and Hardy, Mark's Brothers. Not spoken about I haven't even touched on any of those. But this is comedy films, right? Not franchises or yeah. comedians again. Um, yeah but obviously as always if anyone wants to hear anything give us a shout definitely look forward to it if anybody's listening there hello hello (laughs) and catch us next time see ya cheers